Hi, everybody, and welcome in to the Racer Report live from the Hop Hound Brew Pub in Murray, Kentucky. Jeff Bidwell and Dave Winder uh, joining you this afternoon. As always, you can join us, be part of our uh, live audience here at the Hop Hound every Monday at noon. Then the show will re-air at 6 p.m. on Froggy 103.7 and then live forever over at Racers Podcast Central on GoRacers.com. Dave, good afternoon to you, and I I know there was a point maybe a month ago we said, boy, this was the best racer basketball weekend of the year, but uh, coming off uh, the women uh, having a great weekend, winning in Carbondale, and then on the shortest of short lists uh, of best wins of Rochelle Turner's time here at Murray State, going to Missouri State and winning yesterday 95-89, and then obviously uh, Jacoby Woods buzzer beater on Saturday afternoon. I feel like we have a new crown champion of the best weekend of the year for the Murray State basketball program. Yeah, I should have like put it on my Twitter, best weekend ever, <laughs> because it was a lot of fun. Uh, that game on uh, uh, Sunday, uh, Murray State at uh, Missouri State, uh, and beating the Bears on their home floor, 95-89, they got back to the way they want to play and really imposed their will on the home team and for them to uh, go to SIU, which is not an easy place to win, go to Missouri State and win, that's just big time. And then, of course, the men's game, that, that Saturday game, uh, over 5,500 there at, at the CFSB Center, uh, the ninth crowd of 5,000 or more, and, man, it's like everybody came just geared up for that game. And then to have it end with a, with a buzzer shot that you got to call, just awesome. <laughs> It was awesome, uh, indeed. Uh, a great, uh, a great day for everybody. When again, it kind of felt like, oh, it was getting away again, and and you kind of felt it in the air. The five thousand in the building, going, oh no, this is really going to happen again. And then, uh, for the first time all season, racers able to s- slam the door uh, there at the end in the final seconds and get the win. We want to play that call. Uh, if, you think so? If, if you feel obligated to go, uh, right we, we, well, we've got some uh, you know inside uh, baseball stuff on that afterwards. But here it is, uh, 6.1 seconds left, and Evansville at the line, tie game. Here you go. 6.1 to go, 70-70. Kenny Strawbridge, the only ace on the around the lane with four racers. Hummerkow, second free throw, up is short. Rob Perry with the rebound, ahead to Jacoby Wood. Two seconds, he's got a pull from 25. It's good! Jacoby Wood for three, and the win! Sweet, sassy, molassy, the racers have done it! Uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it for Jeff. Oh, it was his first uh, big moment. Neil Bradley is here today uh, at the Hop Hound. And when we did uh, this classic three podcast marathon of all of his great calls, the first one of the things he said, can't wait till Jeff has his first moment. Yeah. And there you are, man. That was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, it was in a lot of ways sort of just an out of body experience as people, you know, asked about it. And I was, you know, and, and I. I joked about it on, on Twitter after the game where, you know, you know this is going to happen at some point and you kind of want to have a, uh, I don't know, a game plan going in of, look, you want to be excited, but you, you've got information you need to get across and so on. And then, and then it happens and you just black out in the moment and it, whatever, you know, it's 24 games of a lot of, of gut punches and, and everything. And as I said, it was just a, 
uh, almost explosion of Mudita came fired out of me of just all the joy of everything that happened there. So the explosion of Mudita. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Hey, by, so. by the way, this is our McBee hot topic of the week, Fair by enough. the way. Yes. Thanks to McBee. Let me, let me get our friends Jim at McBee. Jim McBee and, uh, and everything they do for helping yes, out the show. Proud to be brought to you by McBee Heating and Air. You're authorized. You just, I just, partner. just thought of that. So last night I couldn't help myself. I started going back, and uh, what I was trying to do was just to see how many – Late second wins the racers have had recently. And I just go back to uh, the three-pointer that Jacoby hit with seven seconds left against Valpo to get to overtime, and then the racers win it. Um, K.J. Williams, three-point play at UT Martin when they were about to get beat. Um, The SIU Edwardsville game, this is all the 21-22 season, right? Uh, Or the the 19-20 season. Tevin Brown with a three-pointer at nine seconds left at SIU Edwardsville. Then the, the stuff that John Morant did in the OVC tournament. Uh, Jonathan Stark in that double overtime game against Tennessee Tech in the OVC tournament in 17. But you'd have to get all the way back uh, to um, Denaro Tom- Thomas for the win at the NCAA tournament. And then Isaac Miles uh, also in that game against Austin P which at the time, if we had the stringent replay that we currently have, I don't think the, the shot would have counted. So that was to the, have the a joys tr- of standard definition. Uh, for <laughs> That's that one. right. So to have it, we say buzzer beater all the time, but this, this is the walk-off. Yep. There aren't many times where the ball goes to the hoop, it's good, and the game is over. There's nothing after that, which is okay because I stood up. Yes, you did. And I told, I told Neil Bradley it was okay for me to stand up because technically at that point the game was over. <laughs> and uh, the best Breaking. thing I did is I I, I didn't say a word, there right, brother? There you go. Let <laughs> me just blow out the pipes for that. So uh, we did want to have one uh, clarification, for lack of a better word, I guess. Uh, a week or so ago, we were talking about Rochelle Turner uh, closing in on on setting the uh, uh, tying the all time win record at Murray State with 105 and getting to 106 to break the record. Uh, she got to 105 against SIU on Friday night. Upon further review, uh, <laughs> there was a mistake in the Murray State Media Guide that they did not add in Rob Cross's final season at Murray State. So he holds the record still with 120 wins. Uh, Rochelle now is at 106. And, uh, you know, barring a trip to the Final Four this year, we'll probably have to wait until next year for her, but we'll certainly keep our fingers crossed uh, for that this season. Yeah, but yeah, she'll, she'll get there. She'll get, and Just take a little know, longer. The, 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 whole, the whole business of record keeping is sometimes mistakes can happen, and what happened is back in 17, Rob's uh, final season never got added into the list. That was it. And uh, my, my partner here is the guy that noticed it. So I'm glad we did, and uh, uh, you just you, you correct it and move on. It's like we where we're in the uh, live TV and radio business, and sometimes you're you're live on the air, and something happens, and you just gotta gotta move on. So, but boy, I tell you, I can't wait to talk to Rochelle. Man, her team is really playing well. That gets them to eight and four now yep. in the conference, and uh, two big ones this week. Co- coming home this week yep. with a chance to roll. All right, we've got a uh, a full house today. We'll talk with uh, Marcus Brown, Murray State uh, assistant coach, director of player development. Uh, as well as uh, graduate assistant Dante Poole for the men's program. And then on the women's side, Rochelle Turner will be here, as well as uh, the hero for yesterday's game, Bria Sanders-Woods, who had a career-high 29 points in that win over Missouri State. All that and so much more. You are listening to the Racer Report Live, and we are live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murphy.
Welcome back to the Racer Report live at the High Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Jeff Bidwell and Dave Winder joined now by the Hall of Famer around the halls of the uh, program. We just call him five. Marcus Brown uh, joining us now. Marcus, hello. How you doing? It's great to be here. It's always good to be in the presence of greatness. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate <laughs> and, it. And but Mar- we really Hall. work. And Marcus. <laughs> and Marcus. Oh, there you go. No, no. no. Uh, <laughs> But we do call him five. I think that's kind of neat. Some of the the guys on the team started calling you five. Yeah, I think it, you know, it culminated from just all the hard work and and my basketball number, and then it just, you know, just stuck. Well, they walk in and they see that five hanging from the roof up there. They know – there you go. They know it's legit. There's a certain gravitas that comes with that. No question. A little bit. Yeah, you go. Just look up there. (laughs) Let's go back to Saturday. Uh, The the neat part about an ending like that is – not only you have the broadcast and all the different angles, but all the fans in the arena with their phones and their posts in the videos. And I got to see a, a, an angle from behind the bench. And it reminded me of the De Niro Thomas shot in 2010, where Isaac Chu famously, as an assistant coach, came charging off the bench. And he got to about half court, and then he slammed on the Fred Flintstone brakes. And he's like, hey, I'm a coach. I can't be jumping on the dog pile. I couldn't help but notice, Marcus, that there was a little eject button on you and you started running before you hit the brakes as well. Walk me through the emotions for you there in those final seconds. Yeah, big time emotions. You know, I was so happy for Jacoby and the team and they actually executed very well down the stretch of of what we wanted on that shot. Um, My story's a little different. Um, Yeah, I was ejected out there, but my back and my knee started hurting, so I realized I had to stop. So... And I shake the coach's hand, but I mean, it, it was just a, a unbelievable feeling, and, and great to see the, you know, the kids uh, being able to celebrate, and the crowd was, I mean, it was electric. The one thing that has has always blown my doors off, as obvious uh, by my reaction to the ball going in uh, in a public setting, is that whether De Niro Thomas makes a shot and Billy Kennedy just watches it goes in, and go in, and he just. You know, okay, it's another Sunday afternoon. He walks over and shake hands. Steve was as calm as calm could be when the ball went in. Walk me through that huddle, though. And, and talking to Jacoby after the game, he said there was just such a – and at that point, Ben Hummerkaus, who's 88% from the line, still has two free throws in front of him. So you have to assume he's making at least one. But in that moment where everything was getting real tight, Jacoby said Steve was just as calm as could be in that huddle. What was your perspective in the huddle of, of looking in the guy's eyes and, and listening to Steve and, and how they obviously responded well coming out of it? Uh, yeah, you have to be, right, because uh, the players feed off of you and obviously Coach has been in uh, many situations uh, of that magnitude. And so um, the direction, uh, the calmness in the huddle that, that, he, that he brought and, and even the guys, you know, the, the buy-in and, and – and them feeding off of coach. And we got exactly what we wanted uh, there in the end. Um, obviously, uh, they missed two free throws. and But, I mean, we still had what we wanted drawn up. And so um, it was just a great calm uh, over the huddle. And when they came out, we executed exactly what we drew up. Let's talk about Quincy Anderson's game. Uh, five three-pointers out of nine of nine attempts. He was just just terrific. I, I, I love watching uh, one of our student athletes that's in their final year because as you get down towards the end, boy, if, if that doesn't light a fire under anybody, it certainly has him. You could just tell he's trying to get 
every last little ounce out of himself that he's that he can give. Yeah, I mean, it, it Q's um, he's he's playing very well, catch and shoot threes, uh, getting downhill, getting to the free throw line, putting pressure on the rim, and so. Um, I mean, he's doing a very, very good job with it. So um, big kudos to him. And, and like I said, as a team, I mean, these guys are, you know, they're they're getting closer and closer in each week, you know, the buy-in. So uh, we just have to continue that, that mantra and that mudita and, and, and playing well for one another. Isn't this amazing? We're in the Valley, ninth-rated conference in the country, I mean, it is a dogfight every game. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You don't look on there and go, wow, you know, we should take care of them twice this year. Uh, I think that part is fun. I mean, you've got to be it, right? locked in. Yeah. yeah, that's the beauty of it. I mean, that's what we signed up for. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, every night is a dogfight, and, and you got to bring your hard hat, and, and uh, hey, let's go see who's the better team. You know, we know we have the best fan base, so let's go see who's the better team. <laughs> He's Marcus Brown. He'll uh, be with us here for another segment as uh, we'll talk about his role within the Murray State basketball program and and something that uh, I've been a part of this year, the mentorship program that Steve Prohm has brought in, and we'll talk about that with Marcus when we come back. You're listening to the Racer Report live from the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Welcome back to the Racer Report live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub. Jeff Bidwell and Dave Winder joined now by... Marcus Brown, uh, assistant to the head coach, director of player development, your third year back with the program. Matt McMahon brought you in for the 21-22 season, and then obviously you stayed with, with Coach Prome. Uh, just go back, I guess, to the beginning of it with, with Matt. What, what was the conversation that, uh, and I don't know if there's any arm twisting or what, to get you back, <laughs> to, to bring you back home? No, it, it wasn't. Um, and Mac and I, and even with Coach P, like I've always been around – been back. Murray's my second home. Everybody knows how I feel about the program, about the town, about the fans. And and so um, just with Mac, it was always, you know, kind of this, you know, back and forth of, you know, college basketball and the opportunity presented itself. And uh, he definitely didn't have to twist my arm for me to come back home. So um, I was I was like, I'm all for it. Your day to day. Maybe outside of the season, what 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 is the player uh, director of player development entail, and and your role with these guys on a day in day out basis? Just trying to make sure that these guys are getting in the gym, um, going through uh, the concepts that we have offensively, um, you know, to develop their games, and uh, making sure uh, that they're in and out of the office, um, you know, getting the film work in from a defensive aspect. And just trying to help them develop overall as as players and keeping them encouraged and engaged because we know uh, you can't play 13 guys, right? You know, uh, but at the same time, just helping them through their journey, uh, you know, on, on this athletic stage. Dave Hunter getting phone calls. It's almost baseball season, Dave. Pitchers and catchers reporting on Wednesday. Yeah, know, yeah, so. yeah. Take me out to the ball game. That's my ringer. Sorry about that. I'll have to answer that after the show. But uh, no, what I was thinking is in the Ray Center, uh, Marcus has the only office, uh, and there's the same on the other side where the women's offices are, only office that doesn't have a window into the practice gym. So Marcus has this uh, big, dry race board, grease board, and it's like Life Lessons 101. On you, and he's got different colors. He's got, And some of it's like, uh, reminders this is how we practice this is you know you're doing this it's got some yeah. 
uh, some of our uh, core beliefs on playing defense and all that stuff. Tell me about what's on that board because there's a lot of knowledge that you've put there. And I know why you did because you usually got uh, guys in your office all day and yeah. you're going over things. And, um, you yeah. know, that's, that's important. Well, it's just, um, you know, life, life skills through an athletic lens. And so um, accountability, responsibility, hard work, uh, teamwork, you know, and um, also just having a mindset of, and, and a discipline that you have to go about when you play this game called basketball. And so, uh, you know, we have study hall, practice schedules. We have a little of everything on there because, you know, at some point of the day, probably every player on the team will be in my office. We've talked about player development. One of the pieces to that is this mentorship program that Coach Prohm has uh, enacted this year. Uh, I guess just if you can explain sort of the mission statement behind it and, and what you think the guys have gotten out of it so far this year. Well, we just wanted to have the kids uh, understand, um, you know, kind of like what Murray State basketball is about, what the community is about, what the fan base is about, and what we expect from them. And uh, just kind of give them a home away from home. Um, somebody that, you know, they can kind of um, lend an ear to, uh, someone that they can talk to and, and, and even, you know, sometimes just kind of communicate with and, and just feel good about, you know, um, outside of basketball. And so um, it's, been, it's been working very good. Um, we've had, you know, building relationships um, that will last, you know, not only just from uh, the time that they are, but last a lifetime. He's Marcus Brown. I need you to do something for me today. When you get back to the building, <laughs> All right. I need you to go find Eric Frederick. I okay. need you to get that back work done, get some ice on those knees. <laughs> yeah. Because when we get another big win, I need you sprinting out there in full full health. Can you do that? <laughs> I can do that. All but right. hopefully the game won't be that close. That'll Asia. also be. <laughs> and we got the win. Uh, we'll take that on both counts. So he's Marcus Brown. Uh, thanks for coming on. We come great back, day to be a racer. There you go. Always a great day. Come back. We'll talk with Dante Poole the graduate assistant for the Murray State basketball program. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Racer Report Live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub. Welcome back to the Racer Report Live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Jeff Bidwell and Dave Winder joined now by former Racer great, 2012 Ohio Valley Conference Tournament most valuable player and current graduate assistant, Dante Poole, the Las Vegas guy wearing a Chiefs jersey. Did you lose a bet today or what's going on? No, I did. It was actually just a gift. Um, and I'm always support champions. <laughs> you, know, you know, once a, a former champion here at Murray State, uh, I appreciate the championship pedigree. So, of course, I tuned in just hoping for a good game. Well, I think we got that. Since the Steelers weren't playing, I think we hey, got it was that. a great so, game. All right, let's go back to the beginning with you. Two summers ago, uh, Steve Prome uh, is named the head coach here at Murray State, and you're out in the desert, and yes, the phone rang. Walk me through it from there. Um, but yeah, well, it, it rang for me, and I actually reached out to him. Yeah, um, wanted to get into to college coaching, and I'm just appreciative for him and blessed that you know he you know, took a risk and a chance for me to come out here, and I just been um, appreciative for the opportunity. Um, so it's been it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot from him. Um, on the other side of it, you know, it was different from being a player. So being on the coaching side, you know, it's a lot different, but I learned a lot, and I appreciate him for giving me the chance and learned a lot from him and his coaching staff. If I remember correctly, though, it was a little bit of a code red, right, when it was, hey, we need you out here 
We'd love to have you, but we need you here about tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think he gave me a week. Uh, so all, coming from Vegas, it was, it was tough because I had to pick up and basically move everything from Las Vegas to Murray. Um, so I mean, at the time, I was staying with my mom, so I was rushing her to try to get boxes and get things packed yeah. up. But at the end of the day, um, it was a decision that um, I had to decide, and he thought it was the best move. So... I mean, I packed up everything that I can and pack up for one car, and here you are. Got on the road, and, and we know. need you guys to uh, to run practice. <laughs> you, you're, you and you and TJ Sapp are really expected to. Yeah. Mike Ranson, Jack Seltzer, you guys. Sometimes I'm like, you guys need to get in the training room, get some treatment because yeah, you're going at it hard. I, I, we need me and Coach Prom haven't talked about that, but <laughs> when I first agreed, he didn't tell me that I would have to practice again you know so I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that but um I'm all for you know whatever it takes for for us to win and whatever I have to do um I'll, I'll never tell him no so I was I was fine with it we talked uh in the hotel and oh gosh where were we last I guess Nashville last Wednesday no, I don't know I don't know Jeff it's a, I know. it's a road trip every, every week week it's it's brutal time, time is a flat circle uh yes. But overall, I mean, we're two years into this for you almost now. And uh, what have you enjoyed most about about stepping into the coaching side of it? And 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 to your point, it's just it's different from being a player, certainly. But what what have you enjoyed most about it? Um, I think just learning. You know, every day it's a different it's a different challenge. Um, I'm kind of just like a fly on the wall at times. Uh, I don't want to say too much, uh, but I also want to pick up on everything that I can learn moving forward. Um, so eventually, uh, when it is time for me to make a move, I kind of um, know exactly what to do and I don't make the same mistakes. But um, this, this coaching staff is just, um, they're, they're phenomenal. And I think I learned a lot on a daily basis. Um, like I said, on the coaching side of things, being a player is a little bit different. Uh, but I picked up on so many different things. So they give me a lot, of, a lot of nuggets on a daily basis. So um, just just consistently learning and uh, being open, you know, to learn and open to criticism uh, is, is great. Coaching full time is that is that in your in your future? Yes, sir. Uh, d- yeah. Does it have to be college, or you, or you maybe maybe coach high school? What what do you want to do? I'll prefer college. Um, kids are gonna be kids, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, high school or college, I think um, I've just I've taken a knack to helping, um, you know, whether it's high school or college. But I like, you know, giving the knowledge back. Um, I played, um, so I I went through a lot. I went through not playing. I went through playing a lot. Um, And I think now a lot of kids don't play a lot, and it's a tough learning curve for them to get over. Um, I think I I was on both sides of the spectrum, so it's a little bit easier for me to um, give my knowledge out to them. Um, and help them. So college or high school, I'll be fine with, but leaning more towards college right now. You're in the gym with these guys a lot and rebounding and, and seeing them do the work. Uh, when you get a moment like Saturday and to see Jacoby come up and in a season that's obviously, uh, you know, there's been a lot of struggles, so many near misses, mm-hmm. but for him to come up at the biggest moment and, and come through like that as a coach, just to see him uh, come through, what was that like for you? Uh, it's a priceless moment. Um, I think that's when everybody re- realizes, like, that's why we play basketball. You know, I try to preach to them all the time. We got to do whatever we whatever we can do to win. 
You know, it's all about winning at the end of the day. And I think that's what you enjoy most as a team, and I think that's what brings the team together the most is when you win, you know, together. But to have that, you know, that opportunity um, happen for Jacoby and the team, I think it was just great because, you know, we we have had a few games this year where we were at the end like that and we just didn't do the right thing or we didn't make the right play. Um, but to see it come around and come full circle and, and work in our favor, um, it was just a pl- priceless, a priceless moment. And you can see it with with the way that we we celebrated. You know, everybody was, you know, everybody was about the team and about each other in that moment. Mudita at its best. Dante yes, Poole, thanks for the time today and good thanks, luck Dante. on Wednesday. No problem. All right, there's, you guys. there's Dante. We come back. We will talk with the head coach of the Murray State Women's Program, Rochelle Turner. That is coming up next. We're live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub for Racer Report Live. Welcome back to the Racer Report live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Jeff Bidwell and Dave Winder joined now by Murray State women's basketball coach Rochelle Turner after a great road weekend for the Racers. 81-74 Friday night in Carbondale against Southern Illinois. And then yesterday afternoon, 95-89 at Missouri State. And uh, as I said after the game, uh, in your now 106 wins, we might be able to dig through there and find one. But I dare anybody to find two wins better than that one you guys put together yesterday. Just an absolute tour de force performance from you guys. It was. And we talked to the kids before the game and kind of probably opposite of what most coaches do. But I kind of laid out who Missouri State was. So they haven't lost here in over a year. One of the best teams in the conference and kind of like listed the things that they've done. And, and to make a point is we have nothing to lose today. I mean, all the pressure's on them. We're going to go out. We're going we're gonna to have fun. We're going to play with that perfect effort, and we're going to see what happens. And I thought Friday night we played with perfect effort, but the execution wasn't great. Right. But the perfect effort's going to win out more times than not in this system. And then on Sunday, perfect effort, execution, and making shots all came together, and that's what that looks like. And we beat a very, very good basketball team on Sunday. And I agree with you. In our seven years, it, it's one of the best wins for our program. And it was a, a script flipped from the first meeting two weeks ago where you guys are in control in the third quarter. They go 24-4 to four on you and, and, and then end up just going away with it and getting the 10-point win. And, then, and I thought that was the most impressive part about yesterday is – you're down by three, but there's seven minutes left. You're on the road against a team who's won, I think, 13 in a row in that building. And for you guys to go 16-0 and on them in over a five-minute stretch and just slam the door on them was as impressive. You guys have had plenty of 16-0 runs this year, but that was as impressive of a five-minute stretch as I've seen all season for you guys. It was, and all the credit to the kids. And, you know, you're getting ready to, to, talk, to talk to Bria. And besides the performance on the court, that she had yesterday, which was unbelievable. Uh, you know, and it's, it's good for good things to happen to good people. Yep. And, and Bria is one of those. But her leadership in the huddle, her leadership on the court was what allowed that to happen. We, you know, coaches get out there and we act like we're strategizing, you know, out there. And then we finally walk into the huddle at the end. Sometimes we talk about anything and everything. But whenever time I walk in that huddle, Bria has the attention of all 15 players, all managers, everybody that's standing there, and she's got that finger going, and she's like, we're in this. This is ours. We're not letting this get away from us this time. And that, 
is something that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but that's something that she brings and she does for our team every single night. And if Bria says it, they're going to listen. And that was what I was probably most proud of on Sunday was that leadership. Now, obviously, making shots, making plays defensively, all that stuff, that's what shows up on TV. That's what shows up in the uh, stat sheet. But for a coach to be able to have that extension of leadership on your team just makes everything work. So that's why I was so happy for her, for her to have such a great game for the world to see. But I also want everybody to know we are who we are because of Bria's leadership in that huddle and on that court. Yeah, we talk about that all the time, uh, especially in a football setting because you get you know, 100 players on the team. And football coaches always say that the best teams are the ones where the upperclassmen police, police the team. And how many times have you uh, set – in a meeting with your team, it said, hey, this is your team. Well, what do you guys want to do? And uh, so to have Bria doing that, this is like another coach it on is. your team. Yeah. Uh, player-led teams are championship teams. I think you ask any coach that. When a coach has to be a leader and the coach, things don't usually go very well because they get tired of hearing my voice. I mean, that's all they hear over and over and over. And so sometimes you need – that leader on our team may be saying the exact same thing that coach is saying, but that's one of their peers, and they're going to listen. And that's what we have this year. You know, Bria, Caitlin, Hannah, uh, you know, all the players on our team that are our seniors, they are willing to step up and say things at times or, or lead by example, and, and that's what you have to have. But for Bria to have the respect that she has of her teammates says it all. And, uh, and when we are a player-led team, we're, they're going to play hard for each other, and, and that's what it's about. I thought yesterday's game in a lot of ways was, was a hybrid of this season and last season from a, hey, we put 95 up on the board, but you fell well short of your 80-shot goal you, that you only shot 54. You took 54 field goal attempts but you're going to shoot 56%. You're going to make 11 threes, and then you get to the free throw line 28 times and make 24 of those. I know that plays into, into the field goal attempts. But wow, wow, that sounds efficient. It was, it was <laughs> wildly efficient, which you said last year. Look, we've got to be very efficient you know, to, to win a game 55-50, and, and yesterday it was we're going to be exceptionally efficient and still play our style and go hang 95 on the board. Right. Well, you, know, you have to look at it, too, because the number of free throw attempts – you know, that takes away sure. shots. Sure. So there are more, you know, analytics in the way that we look at it. We also look at turnover ratio. Uh, that plays into it. Uh, so there's a you, – you'd like to see so-and-so out of 80 shots per game, right. but that's not really everything that goes sure. into it. So analytically, yesterday we were extremely efficient, but we turned the we didn't turn the ball over like we've been. 15 been, instead of 28 two weeks that, ago. That's huge. Yeah, yep. That's huge. We turn them over at times. Uh, you know, they are huge. And battle of, the, battle of the boards was something that was important to us. We fought. We battled on the glass. So all of those things play a role in it. But I, what I liked about yesterday's game for us is we played the system in a lot of different ways. We pressed sometimes. Sometimes we didn't. We really denied pressure, diamond pressure, trapping that first trap. Sometimes we didn't. Sometimes we had Bria be our spy. And if she felt like she could go fire or go double somebody, she just went. And so the adjustments that we have made defensively, I think, have helped us continue to keep up pace, but maybe not tire us out as much. And 
make them have, see a different look because obviously keep doing the same thing over and over. They're going to figure you sure. out. But the pace of the game was in our favor from the jump because of our offensive pace. And we spent the entire week after Belmont working on our offensive pace and our offensive spacing and the things that we felt like we needed to do. And it showed there was glimpses of it at SIU where we were kind of figuring it out and you could tell the spacing was better. But they basically ran it as well as they possibly could on, on uh, Sunday and we were able to get those, get those open looks in that space and knock those down. I mean, you know, Bria makes five, Hannah makes some. Uh, and then when they came running at us, we were able to put the ball on the floor and, and get to the rim. So it was just a great accumulation of them taking the things that we had been working on and putting them into the system and allowing us to be able to play and make Missouri State play way faster than they want to. I think they average like maybe 60 points a game. And um, I, I, know, I know we gave up 80-something, but that, that's part of it. That, that's just going to be part of it, the way we do things. As long as you score 95, everything's okay. So uh, she's, Sometimes. She, sometimes. <laughs> that is true. Sometimes. Well, the seven road games in nine-game stretch has come to a close, and no rest for the weary as a massive week ahead for the racers. We'll talk with Rochelle Turner about that. When we come back, you're listening to the Racer Report Live on the Hot Pound Brew Pub. Welcome back to the Racer Report Live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Jeff Bidwell and Dave Weiner joined by... Murray State women's head coach Rochelle Turner. Welcome home, and let's get right back into the fryer. Uh, Drake on Thursday, Northern Iowa on Saturday. Um, obviously, Drake's leading the league, and he said before yesterday, you could argue that game at Drake was the best game you guys played all year, even though you came up short, but uh, you guys are, are got to be full of confidence coming home, and, uh, but a, certainly a big test on Thursday. Yeah, seven of nine on the road was about as brutal as you can get, especially in this uh, in this conference. Uh, so, not I'm hoping that doesn't happen to us again in the future, scheduling wise. But you know, we were able to uh, to finish it off with a huge win um, on on Sunday. And I was sharing with Neil Bradley and and John T sitting at the table before I came on, and I said I got on the bus and. You know, just sat there and kind of soaked it in for a minute. And, was, and the girls were so excited and everybody was excited. And we was trying to figure out how to get the Super Bowl on the TV and stuff. And then when I finally stopped, I thought, we've got Drake next. You know, I mean, it's, it's just like there's just no rest for the weary. And it's like, phew, okay, let's enjoy this for a minute. But, yeah, so the number one team in the conference comes here on Thursday. But at this point... We expect nothing, nothing right. less than that. There is nobody in this league that you don't have to be prepared for, and so why not Drake? Just just come on down, and uh, we'll do we'll, we'll do everything up down. I'm not good at I'm not good at geography, so whatever. <laughs> over. Over. over over over. Okay, go. good. So this is a good good chance to thank CFSB again for making all Murray State women's basketball games free. We need we need some crowds this week, so come on out uh, Thursday night against Drake. That's a six o'clock start, and then Saturday afternoon. You guys got Northern Iowa. That's at 2 o'clock, a matinee. I love these day games. Of course, you know me. I think all games should start at 1 o'clock. doesn't matter what day of the week it is. But, yeah, man, we get us a couple of big crowds into this week. Uh, you guys can uh, keep, keep this thing rolling. Yeah, crowds have been exceptional. I mean, uh, you know, the players have, have remarked about that every single home game. They've been like, Coach, you know, they're, they're, they're coming. And uh, then after we have a bad game and they're like, they came back. You know, they're, they're still coming. So, uh, 
uh, it does not go unnoticed, and it is very much appreciated uh, from, from myself and our kids. I don't want to let you get out of here before we spend about the fifth straight week talking about Haven Ford. Uh, Friday night in Carbondale uh, in another just meat grinder of a game with them. Uh, they, they are as good of a 2-10 and ten in conference team as there is in America, uh, so athletic and such. But Haven, who's just been stacking career game after career game after career game, she goes for 27. But I thought the most impressive thing to me was she had the ball in her hands almost seemingly exclusively the final three, four minutes when you're trying to close out a game and just the trust that you obviously had in someone who, uh, I don't know if she's a freshman anymore, but speak to just the, the trust you have uh, in her to be able to run a team and run that offense and close out a big road win. What makes Haven different, in my opinion, and I talked to the players about this because some of us need this mentality. She may dribble it off her foot. She may throw it in the stand. She may miss the entire goal. But when that play's over, that play's over, and she just goes to the next one. And, you know, she does not worry about being the, the goat, so to speak, like me, and, and not in a good way. Like, right. if, if she takes it upon herself and she doesn't get it done, she doesn't worry about that because in her mind, she's going to get it done. And, uh, and so being able to put the ball in her hands for her to create for herself or others is, is something that is huge for us. And I think if you ask Bria, I mean, Bria is a senior guard that has had to handle the ball 99% of the time since she, you know, been here, you know, and, and share those duties with Macy and some other people. But to be able to have someone else that can sometimes take over that and that ha- and our, her teammates have so much confidence in her, but the reason that Haven is who she is is because she doesn't worry about what's happened before. She's just focused on what needs to happen next. And so that makes her who she is. Haven, Bria, the whole gang will be at the CFSB Center Thursday night, 6 p.m. on the Racers Challenge Missouri Valley Conference leading Drake. Rochelle Turner, thanks for the time. We'll see you Thursday. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. All right. There's Coach Turner. We come back. We'll talk with the star of yesterday's game, Bria Sanders-Woods. And that is next. You're listening to the Racer Report Live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub. Welcome back. The Racer Report Live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Jeff Pidwell and Dave Winder joined now by Murray State Senior Guard Bria Sanders-Woods. A career high. You know how many. <laughs> you know how many. 29 points yesterday. You couldn't get 30? No. 29 <laughs> more on. than enough. Her previous career high was 19, and she left that way in the rearview mirror yesterday. Five three-pointers. Let's just talk about you right now. We'll talk about the team soon enough. I need you to be selfish for just a minute. Just 24% from three for the season. I know that's below what you have certainly wanted to, but the first one goes in, second one goes in. When did you start feeling like, I got something going tonight? (laughs) Were you thinking on the third attempt, heat check? Let's find out if I'm... I'm yeah, I would say. And then it goes the, in. Yeah, I say after like the second one, I'm like, okay, like maybe I'm maybe I'm on fire today. Let me see. Then I shot it and I made it. I was like, okay. <laughs> and my whole team would just gas me up. So I was like, yeah, all right. But we saw you. You hit five threes, got to the basket multiple times, and then part of part of the uh, free throw barrage at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. You guys are so good from a. An, I mean, they they didn't. They kept coming at you all the way to the end, and I think you guys go 12 for 12 from the line in the final two minutes of the game, and, and you were part of that. Um, 
you've got you've got multi, multiple tools in the toolbox <laughs> to be able to to be able to hurt teams. Uh, what was less yesterday like for you guys uh, as a whole, and and getting on the bus and enjoying that ice cream afterwards? Um, it was great. I think um, Coach Turner talked about picking the cross path as a team. Are we going to come together as a team, or was we going to? You know, just be selfish. Um, I think it was great to see all four quarters come together for us as a team. Um, we knew we could do it. We just didn't know when it would happen in the season. Um, so for us to have a great four quarters and not to get down on ourselves, even when times it was a little rough and they were going to stretch, just for us to be a team and hold it together and to know we could get a stop and then it, it was just a close game. I just I just love my teammates, man. They're great. Um, they're just a great team. So. We've gone over it a few times here. I love the story of the first time Rochelle laid it all out on, hey, <laughs> here's how we're going to play. And everybody started looking around. Tell, take us back to that. And, and the other little, little thing about it I love is you owe her 25 points per quarter. That's the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us about the whole concept and how you guys are making this happen. Um, so when she first brought it, everyone was kind of like, um, we weren't really sure. Um, but to be bought in and to see it now, I'm glad, you know, that we just trust her. We trust our coach. Um, I had to tell her that a long time ago. Like, we trust you. We trust the decisions you make for us as a team. Um, so see it now, even when we don't reach our goals sometimes, as long, I mean, as we, as long as we put an effort for it and try, you know, we try to make that mark for her. Um, but it's just great to see now the overall picture and us coming together as a team, even though it was something we didn't think was going to work as a team. To see it now actually working and put in full effect and seeing the wins and outcomes that we want. There's no doubts anymore. Yeah. This works. Yeah. yeah. When did you find your voice as a leader? And obviously she talked about, you know, you're in there, boom, boom, boom. But sometimes <laughs> that takes a while to, okay, I trust myself to be able to speak to my teammates and, and – and demand that respect from them. Uh, wh- wh- when did that happen, do you think, for you? Um, I think for me it was um, preseason. Yeah. So um, it was just having those conversations with my teammates um, and seeing that I was going to have to kind of be that vocal leader. You know, you have Caitlin and Hannah leading by example, but we haven't had a vocal leader in a couple years, you know what I'm saying? Um so I just took on that baggage for myself, knowing that I work hard as well and I could put the actions behind it. So I think during preseason and just getting to know everyone and how they like to be talked to and coached to on the court when it comes to us. So I think it's just a level of comfortability during preseason. And when you vocalize that the first time and you see it received well, mm-hmm. that sort of empowers you, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, I think it comes with the time being with my teammates and getting to know each other and talking to each other and things like that. So, yeah, it was it's amazing to still see my teammates reciprocate the energy from me and not, you know, get offensive or anything because I know I can be intense sometimes. 29 points yesterday. Congratulations on a fantastic win. Big one Thursday night, and hopefully yeah. a whole bunch of people roll out there to watch you guys get a big win over Drake. Yes, please come out. All right, there is Bria Sanders-Woods. We come back, we will wrap things up at the Hop Pound Brew Pub for the Racer Report Live. Welcome back to the Racer Report Live, wrapping things up here, Jeff Bidwell and Dave Winder, and it's a, a big week at home for both the men's and women's teams. Uh, the Murray State men, Wednesday night, 
Uh, they will be home with Missouri State in a big game here as we start winding down the Missouri Valley schedule. And then, Dave, we got a pair of women's games coming up as well. Yeah, big games this week. The uh, the Wednesday night game against Missouri State, uh, that is uh, the pink-out night for the men's team. And, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, CFSB making sure that all the women's games are uh, free of charge. So we just want people to come out. We've been setting all kinds of attendance records. So come on out. Six o'clock start against Drake on Thursday, then Saturday at, at two o'clock. Now, uh, Thursday night, that's Greek night at women's basketball. And then the Saturday game is the pink out, the Breast Cancer yep. Awareness Day for the ladies. Had some great crowds from the women. As you said, great home yeah. court advantage. And, and that, uh, when that snowball starts rolling downhill and they start throwing point after point, bucket after bucket, and the crowd really gets into it, 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 is, a, it is a legitimate advantage for this team. Well, and I think it was proven once again in, in the buzzer shot to beat Ev- Evansville on, on Saturday that seeing a game in person is the best way yep. to watch college basketball. You, it's great to watch it on ESPN and all that. Uh, ESPN Plus, but man, there's nothing like coming to the game. Come on out and enjoy it. Uh, That'll do it for today and the Racer Report Live. Dave, thanks as always. All right, buddy. All right. And uh, if you missed any of this show, you can always check it out over at the Podcast Central at GoRacers.com. For Dave, I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to the Racer Report Live. We'll see you next week.